Gee whiz, isn't it nice to not have Miller singing again for our intro? Back to the old song. How good is listening to that? It was actually meant to be because Miller was going to be late joining the episode, but he is here. But uh, yeah, we we rolled without it. Uh, two days away from round one, Nugget. How are you feeling? How are you shaping up? You nervous? You excited? Range of emotions? What's going on? Tell me. Uh, more excited than nervous, I'd say, although it's weird considering my team has one player in it at the moment. Um, so yeah, I don't know how to feel, but I mean, just the only advice I can give is soak it all in. This is the best time of the year. So, um, yeah. What about you, Miller? How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, not so great after bloody, don't get me a drive-by and the singing. I'm sure Milne will be happy. I'm not singing today. But yeah, all right. Pump, pump for the season starting. Pump to not be doing any more pre-season work. I can tell you that. Uh, it's been a long slog. I'm a bit over it. Um, let's get some footy on. Bloody oath. As we sort of said last week, Miller, on the pod, the, the weather in Melbourne's just turns lately to footy weather and far out. Um, the couple of like colossal matches at the G on Thursday and Friday night. Like Richmond and Carlton hate each other. Carlton... No, Collingwood and Geelong have a bit of a rivalry going at the moment too. It should should be great to see some footy, see Tom Atkins score a ton on Friday night, get everyone excited. This podcast will be renamed if that happens. Uh, and then the Lions have gone back to their traditional Saturday twilight spot to start the season. Who are you guys playing? Uh, Port at, uh, at the Adelaide Oval at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, you win by 10 goals. Port are no good I hope this so. year. Which, uh, yeah, I should be careful there. But uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to go through, I think it was like 23 or 24 of the highest owned players uh, across the lines. And we're going to pretty much just give like a one minute spiel on them, like whether we're picking them or not. We're going to have, if anyone's ever listened to Hardball Gets, it's going to be a similar format to that where we're going to have a timer. Unfortunately, I don't have the audio capabilities to make a sound, so it's going to be me making a siren noise with my mouth every minute. And then we're just going to cut the conversation there and move straight to the next player to keep it fast-paced and stuff for the audience. I did just want to mention two things. First of all, uh, normally do this at the end of episodes, but since... Only 40% of our listeners make it to the end. I thought at the start I should give a big thank you to everyone for all the support we've been getting. Uh, it's been like quite an awesome preseason, uh, and we've we don't actually show up in the charts anywhere because of the provider we upload our podcast with. But it's been really good seeing our audience increase a bit. And also, did you guys? Uh, we saw. Uh, I don't know if anyone heard Tim Guest's announcement on the Fantasy Fanatics pod the other day about the charity league. You guys are in, both in that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to give... So anyone who didn't hear, um, Tim Guest from the Fantasy Fanatics pod, he's running a league where uh, pretty much with like 20, the 20 like content creators from... All the fantasy podcasts, pretty much, where we're playing off in a league for the winner of the league gets to donate $3,000 to a charity and the uh, highest points overall from the league gets to donate $2,000 to a charity. Um, And yeah, so big shout out to Infinite Wealth for doing that. I did just want to give a shout out to the charity I'm going to choose, if that's all right with you guys. So... There's a charity called Very Special Kids and what they do is pretty much they do care for children with like terminal conditions. Uh, What I do for work is I work at a special needs school with kids who have disabilities and a lot of kids who go to that school uh, also go to Very Special Kids and the work they do with them um, on helping them like live as independent lives as they can and also like just enjoy helping them get the most out of like day-to-day life is like really really cool and uh yeah so that's who i will be playing for but if you uh like feel the the urge then feel free to look them up and donate them some money because i know they appreciate everything that they get um if you guys want to say anything about anything you've thought about with the charity go for it otherwise we can get into the episode my charity is going to be um nugs bep keeper team it has been crushed recently (laughs) Oh. Couldn't I, I help it. <laughs> You're not the only person I've said this to, but I'm keeping all receipts today, mate. Keeping all receipts. <laughs> nice. 
All right. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it then. Um, but yeah, we'll keep keep you all updated with how you're going this year. Nugs certainly got some rivals in in the league from other podcasts that he's coming after in the in the league. So it should be should be interesting to stay engaged with. Um, yeah, Nug, you are gonna Nug's gonna read out the players, and I'm gonna make the siren noise with my mouth. So who are we talking <laughs> about first? Uh, just before we start, quickly, I will just mention that we aren't including rookies in this. Because uh, they would probably be the top 24 owned players. Um, so it's just like premiums, mid-prices, players like that. Um, Alright, straight into it. We're doing defenders, mids, rucks, forwards. We're starting in the defence. We're going Sam Doherty. Uh, yeah, I am not... You go. You got it. Cool. I was going to say, I'm not buying into that hype. Um, just because it's too expensive. I think he'll be fine. Uh, he'll be a decent player, but I cannot fork out that much money. Yeah, I I actually feel the same. I like I can't lie, he does end in my team <laughs> almost every night, but uh, I don't want to pick him. I think he'll be D one, but yeah, I'd rather just hunt for value elsewhere. Yeah, I'm just waiting for a one thirty from him on uh, on Thursday night to make us all go, why the hell didn't we pick him? But yeah, it's... that will be embarrassing. Yeah, on the flip side of that, if he only scores a hundred, he's he'll actually probably lose like. 40k ish 40 50k and uh and then he'll have a really high break even if he goes 100 again all of a sudden he's going to be way cheaper than he started with if that happens i will be jumping off one of the many mid prices i start <laughs> uh jordan dawson uh yep love jordan dawson yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan he's the one that's floated in and out of d1 for me uh, yeah, feel free to give slightly more insight. I'm I'm getting stuck with a lot of the time remaining here, but uh, <laughs> eat it up. Uh, I've yeah, got he... a little bit. I've got a little bit. Go. He's uh, captain of the club now, and I think his days on the wing are done. I think they like Mitch Hinge there and a few others that have come in. Um, yeah, I think to be honest, he's going to have the majority of their kickouts. He's going to be their main ball user back there. Only worry is a tag, and I believe they play the Hawks in round five or six, and I can almost definitely tell you Finn McGuinness will go to him. Surely no one's tagging him over Laird. Oh, he's way more damaging than Laird, mate. I get, yeah, dam- Laird doesn't affect the game, that's true. Big stats, not much affection. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit of a uh, hard-to-tag player as well because so much of the damage he does is contested ball. and I mean, at that point, it's just a 1v1 contest. Burr. Alright, uh, Nick Dacos. Yeah, I... It's I, a difficult one. Uh, obviously, he's got, got a bit... Copped a bit of heat recently as to whether or not he'd be good. He had some crappy practice matches. Uh, I still think he's going to be fine. At his, I don't know if I'm buying into the hype that he's going to be fantastic, but his price point, I, he'll be fine this scene in my team. Yeah, I think... Uh, I only really like him in there just because of the fact that I don't like many other defenders. Um... He's most likely to end up at D1 for me. I know I've mentioned the other two blokes, but he's most likely... I think he's probably only got a few points value, and that's purely off natural progression, uh, which makes it sort of hard to back in because it's not like a role change or or anything uh, in that regard to make him boost his scoring. Yeah, I only got, I've only got 10 seconds, but he for me, he's been a lock in my team all preseason, and nothing's changing uh, now for me, I, he's still a lot for me. I don't want to go against what I've been doing all season. Next, uh, Andy McGrath. Yeah, I, probably almost the same as Dacos. I haven't seen anything huge for Andy McGrath. I haven't seen anything huge against Andy McGrath. He's at a very convenient price point. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's just the only question for me is if he can do enough to be top six or even just below that and be a keeper. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys taking kickouts there, so I don't think he'll get the line share of those. And usually for defenders, we want them either as inside midfielders or taking like 80% of the kickouts, which I'm not sure he'll do either of. Yeah, I reckon he only gives us probably 10 to 15 point upside. I don't know if you had him on the list. I should have looked at it. But Miller, uh, can you? if someone wanted to start both McGrath and Ridley, could they do that? No. Okay. Love it. I don't think they're getting the. I don't think there's points for both of them, and yep. I would be staying off Ridley. So would you pick one of them or no? Uh, yeah, I'd pick McGrath. I wouldn't pick Ridley. Someone tried to trade Next. me Ridley in a keeper league the other day. Yeah. Elliot, Next, yeah. I said that's him too. 
yes, if Elliot Yo can remain not injured, I think he's going to dominate. That's the only flag on him is uh, yeah whether or not he injures himself in the first 10 minutes, which is always possible, uh, but worth a punt. Yeah, he's locked for me. Uh, may even end up at D2, I'm not sure yet, but I genuinely think he's a, a pretty good chance to be a top six defender by year's end. Yeah, I don't think we need the full minute here, but I think he's just going to be like Hewitt was in Sicily and Brody and stuff last year. Just that kind of no-brainer pick that everyone's going to have, and uh, he just he just will be like 20 points upside. And yeah, you, I don't see any way you can't start. You can start without him. All right, we'll move straight on. This one probably re- requires a bit more chat. That's Charlie Constable. Yeah, there's been a bit of heat against Char- Constable recently, saying what even some people are saying he's going to get dropped before round one, um, which is obviously you punt him if he's not playing. Um, but he looked good in the last practice match I've seen. They've been talking him up as having the right role uh, off that halfback at his price of what 332k. I don't think you can go wrong. He's a yes for me. Uh, yeah, I think his job security is definitely an issue. What I say to people who um, aren't picking him because of that is if he manages like two weeks, which I think is very a very real possibility, uh, he'll still get to like 400, maybe 450k if he plays well enough, and that's plenty uh, of money to cash, cash in and, and do something on the other end of. I'm on the clock, but huge red flag for me. They put out their injury report before. Lemons, Waller, and Powell are all like one to two weeks away. So Constable will get dropped if all three of them come back in the team. Next. Uh, Into the midfield now. Start with the main man up there. That's Rory Laird. Uh, Same as Doherty for mine. Uh, Good player. He'll score fine. Just way too expensive to go near. Better use of money somewhere else. Yeah, agree. He's probably got to go like 125 to make money. And obviously, you're not really getting him to make money. Um, but players like this, unless you're a pig, you just don't really back it up that often. I'm not writing him off, but I'm also not picking him. Is a tag coming in round one, Miller? Uh, potentially, based on what I've heard, yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but then, as Nug said, you know, why would you tag him? He's not going to affect the game that much. And I think GWS... Oh, I don't know, actually. I think it's going to be a really good game. The Crows have been good in preseason. They tagged him uh, last year. Yeah, I reckon it will. Be interesting Flag. if they actually tag. Like, Perryman's probably the only guy in their midfield who, who can tag next. Uh, Andy Brayshaw. Yeah, 50-50 on this one. Uh, but not allowed to sit on the fence. That's Nug's rule. So I am not going to go Brayshaw just because I think there's better options, not because there's anything wrong with Brayshaw. I think he'll be fine. But, yeah, just guys like Kelly and Bont and, you know, and then you've got the mid-prices of Green and Callahan and whatnot. I think there's better things to do than Brayshaw, but if you want to go him, he's fine. Yeah, too expensive. Tag coming round one. He's a gun, but I'll get him later in the year. I think Brody and Sarong will increase their averages, and I also think O'Meara is going to average more than Mundy, and as a result of that, I really struggle to see Brayshaw staying at the same heights he was last year. He, uh, he might get back there, but I can't see any way that he's going to average more than he did. Like, last year was, what, his fourth year of footy? Yeah, yeah, fourth year. Yeah, yeah, no, hard to see him getting too much better than that. Next. Uh, Jimmy Warple. Yeah, I flip-flop on Warple a lot. Last week I thought he was good and I tried to buy him in a keeper league and I couldn't get him, so now I'm off him. Uh, and also, I'm on the Callahan bus. I think Callahan's going to be better than Warple. And Warple, you know, he's... I think he'll be fine again. But, yeah, I don't trust him to really put up big scores and I think Callahan's going to the moon! <laughs> I think with Warple, he's out of contract end of the year, so I think they'll give him a good 8-10 weeks to prove his worth. And um, it's sort of like a last-ditch chance for him, I think. Um, and price at 52, even in the years that he hasn't got 95, like last year was a bit of an anomaly. He went, I believe, 80 the year before. If that's like the baseline of what he does, I think he's a pretty good pick. Yeah, we might need a, like a bailout option with him in case he plays and gets dropped early. But I think Nug's nail on the head is he should get given a, a fair crack at it. And if he's shit anyway, we'll try it next. Uh, Tom Green. 
Uh, yep, love Tom Green. Uh, the GWS love him. They've got a they've got a role for him. They've been talking about for ages. Had some some good pracky numbers. Uh, yeah, 50 possessions in a game. I was told that wasn't stat collected, so I don't know where they got that from. But um, yes, for me, big time. Yeah, I like him. He's in my team at the moment. Uh, well, I, I did say it was empty at the start, but before I cleared it today, he was in there. Uh, only trouble with him is I don't know how good the Giants will be this year, and if we're picking like a Green, Callahan, Kelly, Canelio, uh, that's expecting a lot of players to go up, and and yeah, I'm not sure they all will. Did you like me cutting myself off halfway through the sentence before Miller? Yeah, classic. Yeah, I heard you. I heard Should you do that. that more often. It's yeah, it's <laughs> quite quite a skill to be able to do that. Uh, Tom Green, I can't. I, as we sort of said, no fence sitting. He's not on my team uh, just because at the moment, like the structure of my team, I'm taking a pun on Dugowie. So, yeah. Yuck. Probably could talk about that a bit later. You should have cut yourself off there. Yeah, probably. I will. Next. <laughs> Finn Callahan. A hundred percent Finn Callahan. Finn Callahan is the best. Uh, and I've watched him, again, a lot of this comes back to that preseason game I watched, uh, but he was dominating, and yeah, the GWS have, have again been talking him up, much like Tom Green, they really rate him, they're going to give him a shot, he had some unreal junior numbers, highly rated pick, uh, very, very cheap, uh, I don't think you can go wrong with someone like Phil Callahan. Phil? Phil Finn, well, whatever his name is. Yeah, oh my, Phil! <laughs> uh, 80. Fill the stat sheet. Fill yeah. <laughs> McCracken. Okay, yeah, I think he'll go under. I think he. I, th- I think he'll go under seventy. I'm not touching him with a ten foot pole. Yeah, trap for me as well. Priced at forty five, you want to be really. If he gets into the seventies, he's his value. But uh, next, <laughs> Jack McRae. Uh, yep, nothing wrong with Jack McRae. He's going to do what Jack McRae does. Uh, less junkly equals more mid-time for McRae. I don't think it's going to be what everyone suspects. Like, he's not going to crush it, but he is going to do what he always does. Uh, great captaincy option, no problems. Yeah, uh, I he, he was M1 last time I made a team, but um, he might end up being Bont for me. Only reason is... In the pracking match, he had 58% CBAs, and I think the la- end of last year when his scoring sort of dipped, he was around that sort of mark. And for him, the difference between 58 and like low 70s is massive for his scoring. So uh, I'm not super confident in the pick, but yeah, as I said, I like him at the moment. I think McRae is the most misunderstood bloke in fantasy. He has this absolutely ridiculous height that he's set for him, and one week he doesn't hit it, and people think he's having a sook and stuff. So I'll back you in, Jacko. Defend you to the hills, and he's getting back to his best this year. Next. All right, Dom Sheed. Uh, I don't hate Dom Sheed, but I'm not going to go him just because there's too many other good mid-prices. Another one's what I think he'll be fine, and if you want to pick him, he'll do. You know, he'll get a decent score, earn some money. Um, but yeah, I'm off Dom Sheed on my team. Yeah, he's been locked for me since day one. He's got that inside role which should elevate his scoring. I don't think the Eagles will be too good, so it'll cap him a little bit. Um, but the thing I always look at when when I sort of have my doubts with him is just if a Warpool or a Callahan, a Dersma, whoever it is, if one of those guys pops off and she doesn't, it's a very easy trade to go down to him. For me, I'm anti-Sheed. Maybe I might be looking too much into the footy side of things, but he's a very forward of centre player in that he's not like getting the first touch in the stoppage. He's getting the handball out from the bottom of the pack. Loves breaking away, entering the 50 with his boot, but I don't think West Coast are going to... I think West Coast will be terrible this year. Next. Uh, Alright, into the rucks now. Rowan Marshall, this one won't take a minute. Absolute no-brainer. Um, we're not, haven't seen any backup rucks come anywhere near him. A uh, little bit injury-prone. Probably you, you have to watch him every week, but um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, nothing to say, mate. Lock him in. 
Ah, uh, yeah, you can't you can't knock him. I think even Big Heathy, he was on the injury report for the Saints this week as well. So like, Campbell's the only bloke on the on the squad who could challenge him, and he won't. Like, yeah, I I Marshall should be a hundred percent owned. Crazy if you don't start him. Him yeah. and him and Yo are the two that like yeah. you just have to have next. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Tim English. Yeah, he's been locked at M2, uh, R2, M2. Uh, for a long time. <laughs> you go into the midfield, he crush it, surely. Um, yeah, he's been locked at R2 for a long time for mine. Yeah, slight injury concerns, as with most of the Rocks. Um, but, yeah, I don't don't think he's going to be any problem. Um, yeah, easy. Yeah, I like English. I just like the next guy much, much more for the price that he is. What about you, the the big chili is like I think he'll average more than Marshall. I think some of the predictions on Marshall are like kinda ridiculous. I think English is the best scoring ruckman we have. But the issue is his price at hundred and one and the uh Marshall and the next guy are way more value than that. I think English his ceiling would be like one oh seven ish. Uh and yeah, the two guys before that probably won't be too far off that and are way more value, so they're who I think you start next uh all right next one is old sean darcy i can't trust sean darcy uh, i if i put him on my field i'd be looking at him and going oh, i can't trust you you look sketchy um injury prone he's he bust himself as soon as he look at the ground uh he's not going anywhere near my team yeah i think darcy's going to take that step to being like the elite ruckman of the competition this year he is just so dominant, uh, priced at about 85, I believe. Um, I wasn't on the bold predictions pod last week, but my prediction was that he'll be R1 for the year. Yeah, your predictions got the amount of airtime that Kane Corn should, absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> me and Miller spent way too long talking about our own. <laughs> we really did. Uh, but on the horn bag, Sean Darcy... I saw someone call him Hodor, so if you've seen Game of Thrones, you understand oh, no. and appreciate that reference. Uh, yeah, he's he's the guy for me. He's so much value, and he looks so fit. Next. There's a hilarious um, Sean Darcy parody account on Twitter, if anyone wants to follow Yeah, that. no, it's that great. account is great. Um, all right, Darcy Cameron. Uh, yeah, I, I like Darcy Cameron. I, I He was in and out of my team when I first started... Then he had that injury, and now he's sharing the ruck duties. I, uh, I don't know about that. I've got some serious draft stocks in Darcy Cameron, which I'm worried about, and I, he won't be coming into my classic team unless he proves himself. Yeah, I think his ruck time will sort of go up as the season goes on, and I think Cox is a prime sub-candidate, so I think he'll get better. I just don't think he'll start too well. He hasn't really hit the ground running, and he's only sort of come good the last couple of weeks, so... I wouldn't expect a fast start from old mate Cameron. Great call on Cox with the sub. That's definitely something you need to think about with Jewel Ruckman. Uh, I will say on Cox, though, fuck, fuck, some people... Now I have to put explicit in the title, but some people, like, what they say about Cox is he's just so misunderstood as a Ruckman and what he brings to Collingwood. Like, he's, he's impactful... Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes he is really impactful in games, and that's why he can get a bigger load than Cameron. So watch that. I, I went over time next. Yeah, and you mentioned Cox and load in the same sentence. You're really going to have to put it this specifically, boy. <laughs> Give it a spell. <laughs> all right. I just wanted to. Th- I just wanted to throw a little curveball in here. There wasn't many rucks other than these guys that had a high ownership. But I thought I'd give you guys a minute to talk about any other rucks you think are interesting. Go. Pistol. Pistol Pete. I want to talk about Pete. Yeah, uh, go Yeah, Pete Laddams is one of my favorite. I don't know why I like him because he's an absolute wanker of a bloke by uh, everything you see him do on the field and potentially off it too. But he, I love, I just love him. He's average as a solo ruck. Uh, apart from last year, when, like, last year, coming into the season, I think he had Galangela in the off-season. I think he also had a concussion. Um, maybe it wasn't Galangela. Maybe it was, like, long COVID. It was one of the two. And he had the same knee issue that he's had this summer, which he's had pretty much his whole career. He can just be so good. And Swan's injury port isn't out yet. But if Hickey's out for a while, he's priced at 67. Like, 
Gee whiz, if he can get into the 90s, he's so much value. Yeah, I want to put a yeah, shout-out yeah, to uh, Lockie, yeah, Lockie McAndrew. Uh, struck him in as your R3. Uh, got some big keeper keeper stocks on him. Uh, I think if he gets a shot, which he could, he'll be he'll be go surprise people. He'll be all right. Wouldn't hey. put him on your field, but um, a good bench option. Dean Cox, who's like the ruck coach at Sydney or Longmire, I don't know what one, said today that uh, that Laddams will be shouldering the majority of the ruck load early in the season. So I don't know if McAndrew will play, but I think uh, we'll talk about R three later. Maybe uh, we'll keep going with the pod. Yep. Sorry to give you no chance to reply. Yeah, cool. Now. <laughs> All right. No other rocks I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, all right. We're into the forwards now. I want to head straight to Doe with this one because um, I know he sits different than most people. Josh Dunkley. Okay. So tell me again what he's priced at. I know the answer. I just want, want you to say it. 109. 109. That is a lot of points. And... My thing with Dunkley is... Okay, so there's probably some bias in here, but 109 is heaps, and he's got... He's in this, like... It's not like he's gone from a really... Uh, a team where he was, like, a middling scorer. Like, the Bulldogs have been one of the best fantasy scoring teams in history in like since Bevo took over. Goes to the Lions, who are, like, a middling fantasy team in terms of, like, spread across. They've also got like three midfielders who are all going to average at minimum. Um, Ashcroft is the only guy I think goes below 100, but Ashcroft will probably be in the 90s. McCluggage and Neil should both be over 100. So he goes there. Like, I just don't see how he increases on 109, to be honest. Like, unless his mid-time is super high. I've taken up the whole minute. Uh, but I think Dunkley deserves some more attention, so we'll keep going. He He's only had two seasons where he's played 20 games. Like, he's had two shoulder recos. He's in his mid-20s. Like, there's he's not the no-brainer for me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think there's some question marks with him. I don't think you just pick him. I think you've got to He's not as it. much of a lock as I thought he was. You're right. I still think you throw him in your side and you don't have to worry about it. But, um, yeah, there is there is a couple of question marks there. He wasn't hugely dominant in those practice matches. He did spend a little bit of time forward, but he does that. Um, yeah, not massive, massive numbers, but I still think you put him there and you, you're not concerned. Yeah, I, I'm going to go a bit longer in this one, but I do have him, yeah. I, I sort of view him and Doc in the same light, um, and I'm happy to start one of them, bite the bullet and, and pay up. Um, the, the reason why I'm going Dunkley is because we know he can score 180 on his day. We know he can pop 160s for fun. He can just take it away from you if you don't have him. Um, that's why I'm happy to back him in over Doc. Not to say that Doc doesn't have a ceiling, but I'm not sure he has it to the extent that Dun- Dunkley does. Mm, I think Dunkley will come out hot, which concerns me. I like I'm not. I'm definitely not 100% not starting him. But for the sake of no fence sitting, he's not in my team at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's, cool. let's right. move Went on. Went a bit longer on that one. Timmy, Timmy Time Taranto. Uh, recently come into my team, I did like what I saw in practice matches. Yeah, the flag is Richmond, and they played that Richmond game style, and they're not huge for the midfielders. But, yeah, I like Taranto. I like what he does. Um, if you're tossing up between him and Cogs, I think it's him. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'm a little anti-Cogs at the moment, but he's still in my team too. Yeah, I am locking him in. Yeah, I I don't think Taranto, because of the Richmond game style, will hit the same height. Like, he's been like 111, hasn't he, I think. I don't think he hits those heights, but I still think he goes like 105. Yeah, I don't think he gets that high, but I think he goes like 105 to 110-ish. And yeah, he's priced at like 95. So it's just, there's like... Holes with him being, I don't know if he'll be F1 necessarily, but he's way too much value to not start, I, don't, I reckon. Uh, next. Yeah. Uh, Connor Rosie. Yeah, another guy, convenient price point. I, Yeah, I, I've recently chopped him out um, just for a reshuffle of some money um, to go Cogs and Taranto. But yeah, that may change. Uh... Perfectly fine. Nice price point. I've not gone him at the moment just for the sake of structure. 
Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be gunned by any stretch. Yeah, he's a lock for me. If he didn't last year, he will now cement himself as Port's best player, and I think he'll go close to averaging 100. Definitely. He After he moved into the midfield last year, he averaged... 97 just like alone and that was a huge sample size that was like over 18 weeks and he's only priced at 88 so even if he just gets back to like 97 he's like 10 points value and when you're starting it in the high 80s 10 points is a fair bit of value so lock for me next uh errol Goulden. uh yeah lock for me uh i don't think he's gonna obviously he's not gonna come out and punch 177 every week but um yeah, at at 753k with a ceiling like that, uh, yeah, in that Sydney midfield, which there's uh, quite good numbers in, yeah, I can't see why you wouldn't want a share of it. Yeah, he's uh, locked for me. And I will just say, I did have him before the Amy match when he went 170. I heard that he was at All 76 right, the week before. Oh, I did not. <laughs> and I did pop him in. Um, but yeah. I think if if he hasn't forced his way into the midfield, he definitely has now. Um, he, I'm not saying he'll play there full-time, but they can't just put him back at a 10% CBA's role after what he showed. Uh, no for me. I, yeah, he'll Bold. be sharing too much with the other guys still for me. Like Mills, uh, Mills Warner and Robottom and Guns next. Yeah, all right. Uh, Cogs. Uh, Cogs, yeah, he's a tricky one for me. He's still in my side, and I'm saying yes, but I'm really tenuous on it. Uh, I think my forward line's going to get an overhaul at some stage this week. Yeah, I he didn't convince me during the practice matches, but guns don't generally, I guess. Um, yeah, I was saying yes, but I'm not confident. Yeah, I'm not touching Cogs. I think he's just priced at what he'll do. He'll be top six, and I'll, I want to have him in my team at some point. But I think they're going to use him as more of like an extractor type, as they will with Tom Green. Um, and I can see him going sort of like 97 to 102, which probably isn't enough value considering who else we have up forward this year. Yeah, there's a, he's in my team at the moment. I either will move him to Dunkley or to Goulden or keep him. I know that sounds silly. They're my three options, but I don't have any more time next. Uh, this one's interesting. Uh, Jason Horn Francis. Uh, absolutely not. Um, wouldn't touch that with a 15-foot pole. And I've got to say, Doe, you didn't want to set an offence, but you sat on a whole paddock there. That was ridiculous. Uh, I will say with Horn Francis, it just came out as I was reading his name. Uh, he's said his well, yeah, he said he's likely to play sixty forty split mid forward. Nope. Mm, that's kind of worrying for me, but uh, I luckily I have a sixteen foot pole, so I'm touching him in all sorts of places. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I kind of, I mean, if you listen to the Bold Predictions pod, you heard why I liked him. Very high, I'll just yeah. recap it quickly for you. Like, averaging three over three marks and three tackles in your rookie year is quite impressive. The numbers in both of those were really high in the practice match. He was 11 marks and tackles combined. He is a scorer, that boy. Next. Uh, all right, Toby McLean. This is the last one, by the way. Uh, Toby McLean, no. I've seen absolutely nothing in the preseason to warrant him. He came out and got that one decent score in the elimination final, which the dogs got absolutely humiliated, so surely they don't want to do the same thing they did there. Uh, did have a period of being hot on him, but mostly being off him, and he's a no for me. Yeah, I'm not touching him. I think he'll be good enough, but probably, like, I think he'll go, like, high 60s, but I can't see him being good enough to be a good pick i'd rather take a punt on someone like horn francis or even like uh, bloody tom powell someone that i think has more upside whereas toby you know like he's probably not going more than 75 all right i'm going to dive into bulldogs stuff really quick so arthur jones is out for a couple of weeks waitman is tba which is quite concerning with his groin because they can linger so they're probably two small forwards out vandermeer's out with like a broken leg JJ will come in. He'll just play like a half forward 
role, I reckon Riley West will come in. He'll play like the deep small forward, and I reckon Toby will be the high half forward who uh, like rolls up to stoppages and gets back and also puts pressure on. So I think he'll average like 70 to 75 next. Uh, that's oh, it. we're done. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I can um, breathe now. Yeah, take a Ray. seat. Take a breath. Yeah. Go get a drink of water or something, mate. Yeah, so we want to. Are we jumping into the ca- the um, questions? Yeah, next? yeah, I have I've got the questions. Prepared here. a couple of bits here about captains, if anyone was interested. Yeah, that's a that's a little intermission. Let's get into that, and then we'll do questions. Uh, so I was having a look. Uh, I don't mind the VC options for the Friday, the Thursday and the Friday are a bit tight. There wasn't anything fantastic there. I think he could do worse than going in. An LDU just to see how he goes as a as a kind of a, a throw of the dice as a VC. Uh, Taranto on the Thursday is also a decent option, uh, and then you've got uh, the the dogs. You could go McRae as a solid safe captain option, uh, but I like the Swans against the Gold Coast because the Gold Coast gave up a lot of points last week versus the Giants. Uh, someone like a Mills or even a Goulden for something different. Uh, the Crows yeah, might give up points. I don't mind Kelly. Again, I wouldn't go Laird because of the tag. I really like Merritt against the Hawks. I think that's a big option. Uh, and, yeah, that's probably most of what I got out of looking at captains. Any thoughts on captains, guys? I do. Uh, my plan at the moment... So, we, if you listen to the mini-episodes I did with uh, Mottram and Jaden spent a fair bit of time talking about captains and on reflection of that i realized that i take way too many risks with like my vice captain and stuff so what i'm going to do this week is i'm going to vice captain mccray on the saturday night and then the saints play the early game on the sunday don't they the late game on the sunday so i'm going to have heath as my r3 that i can put on the field for marshall if mccray scores well and use the loophole there uh and yeah if mccray doesn't score well then i'll captain kelly on the sunday so you're leaving your your loophole that late though huh if you got someone like if you if you put in a, a heath can you can you swap him out that late yeah because marshall to? plays for the saints as well Oh, right, right, yeah. So I don't like why, to leave my... That's why I'm going to start Heath at R3, because uh, I can just use him. The easiest place to loophole is the Rucks, because it, like you're le- they're only two players, so it's less likely to go wrong. And then if someone's laid out in another line, you kind of can be fucked. So, uh, yeah, Heath for me. And, yeah, you won't have to worry about him being the sub or anything. So, yeah, he's R3 for me. Saints have a lot of late games. Yeah. I think Calvin was the... The one who kind of put his name out there first, so shout out to him as a big yeah, loophole option. Uh, the other thing with that is, if Marshall is a laid out for whatever reason, Heath's going to be the one playing, so you won't yep. lose out on, yep. on that as well. Bang that's on. true, because we're, we're unlikely to really find an, an Alfred that's going to play anyway, so it doesn't matter too much, does it? Yeah. Marshall versus Darcy will be interesting. I'll just be watching the game, hoping for ball up so that they can get hit out. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. Uh, I'll go my plan. I'm I like to look at Timmy Taranto on Thursday night. Plus, how good would it be to have a VC on the first night of footy after a few years? Pretty good. Yeah, bloody awesome. Um, and then it, for me, it'll either be McRae or LDU who gets the the armband after that. Solid. Uh, yeah, I like that plan. Yeah, we might. We're hoping to have some captain's content come out through the BEP stuff. It'll just depend on our uh, motivation levels, to be completely honest with you all. And, yep. Yeah, commitment levels. But, uh, yeah, let's... we happy to move to questions now. Any let's other do it. key things? Uh, I'm good to go. Sweet. All right. Uh, lads, lads, how many pairs of underwear do we need to have if Mason Cox isn't named? You always need lots of underwear um, if you don't have Cox. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't have anything to say. Good, uh, good Cox joke. That's named. what he wanted. I'll just say that much. I think he will too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Monty, is there any concern over the fact that Heppel didn't play last week? And McGrath may not be the lock uh, some think he is. By the way, D2 sucks. I agree on the last comment there. D2 does suck. Um, I wouldn't say there's much concern. 
D2 doesn't suck if you have Atkins there. Where did Heppel... Did Heppel move to the wing? Or is he going to go back to halfback? Nah, well, he moved, He was halfback last year and the year before, but the talk is that he'll be playing on the wing this year. Yeah, so just watch that space there. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be concerned with that affecting McGrath. If, you are, if you're a believer in McGrath... McGrath if you believe in him, back him in. Ash McGrath. Um, <laughs> all right, America, well, this is another, uh, another funny one. In an 18-team dynasty league, what's your confidence of all 18 teams being able to field seven midfielders? I'll just say, there's a lot of talk going around about Nick Nat not being named. He's my Ruckman. That's fine. I've got the big Sav. He'll fill in and he'll do a job for me. But how many of you blokes are going to have seven playing? I reckon it, I reckon there's going to be a few that won't. Don't we have uh, eight midfielders? We do, don't we? Nah, nah, it's 5-7-1-5. Five, five. Oh, 5-7. Uh, I'm not worried because I think I'm going to get 6, but then I reckon I'm going to have to throw Cogs into the midfield and play more forwards. Uh, let me look at my... I'll quickly read out my midfield for the... Gee whiz. I've got uh, <laughs> Ollie Wines, Amon, Tim Kelly, Tyler Sonzi. Don't reckon he'll play. Nope. Charlie Constable, Ed Langdon, and Sam Durham. Uh, that's that's deeply troubling. <laughs> Does do especially oh shit! I'm gonna have a donut for sure. Zach Jones is out. Lockie Shoal, her, uh, come on, Shoalstar, I need you. I need you. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Yeah, DPP is gonna come to my rescue. Fortunately. All right. Gecko hands McLovin. I'm thinking of taking Saligo over Sam Darcy mainly because he's got better potential. Thoughts on that, Doug? Uh, if you saw my interactions on Twitter with some people, you, you know where I sit there and yeah, on, thanks for winding me up, Jenks, but yeah, geez, I, I got pretty heated with that. Absolute, absolute nonsense. Um, suggesting this is, was someone talking about real footy. They thought that if there was a redraft of 2021, Saligio would go over Darcy and, um, yeah, that's just wrong to be honest. I, uh, yeah, I'll stop. Before I punch I, a hole in the wall. I prefer your interactions on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see me get heated, then you can do it over there. Let's. What's one? Of, what was your favorite reply of mine to someone? Uh I did. I can't remember. You, you slammed one guy. There was too many. I can't remember the exact ones, but I did laugh at that guy who thought you were an AI um, because your comments were so bad. That was my favorite. My favorite one was uh, when someone asked told me asked me to join their league and i asked them what their highest rank was and they didn't reply burn yeah childish oh, for me good but... yeah very bad but very bad that it's good all right thunder nation is mcgrath an option at d2 i have dawson but need the cash uh yes but d2 does suck um, i've got him at d3 but you could go d2 Finally, uh, a good question. I, yeah, for me, well, I mean, McGrath's probably a better option than Atkins, but I'm an absolute moron, so that's why I'm backing in Atkins. Yeah, he's on the Atkins side over here. Should I give oh. Atkins a plug of why I like him or? No. no. Uh, there's the next, the next question, <laughs> you'll be able to do that. Okay. So we'll save it. Um, I'll say with, with sort of de- <laughs> defensive structure, I don't think there's any point in paying up for like, like, I've seen some people that have Doc, which is fine, but then they'll have a Dawson and a Stewart or a Dawson and a uh, Brayshaw. Just because you're not confident in anyone in the defense, to me, it doesn't mean you should just start all the top guys. That's not using your salary cap wisely, and you're going to end up missing those valued premiums elsewhere that will actually improve on their price. Uh, if you ask me, you're better off taking a punt on someone you think could catch those guys since, for the most part, we're not really confident on the top group. What do you guys reckon on that? Yeah, well, he wouldn't have more than one would... big primo in defence. Yeah, That's what he was asking, wasn't it? If he should start McGrath. Yeah, yeah, that's what... Yeah, so I'm saying I would definitely... At D2, definitely McGrath. I don't mind Dawson as a D1, but yeah, I wouldn't be doing that as D2. Yeah. To be honest, I think it's probably a bit late in the preseason for us to be like convincing you on players to pick. If if you've done like the research, done your homework and you're confident in McGrath, back him in. Don't even don't even stress about it. You don't need the seal of approval from 
someone on a podcast, like the majority of podcasters don't really have any more of an idea than yourself. We just talk about it on a microphone. So if you're confident in a player, back him in, back yourself in. We are pretty cool though. Yeah. All right. Quags, this is, this is a good one actually. Biggest genuine unique for D2 and F4. D1 is Doc and F1 to 3 is Dunk, Taranto and Rosie. Well, I think Doc can handle this one. Yeah, we'll start um, with the defenders, biggest unique down Well, there's one that uh, I can't talk about something, but Atkins is, for me, what I like about him. So his price, it's 78. So if you just go off the numbers of after he moved in the midfield, he averaged 83. So that's only five-point upside, like uh, kind of questionable. He Or when in games he had 60% or more CBAs, he averaged, uh, I think it was 86. And he uh, he had like 50, like mid-50s CBAs uh, last year. And I think he's going to see, he should, with Salwood gone, he should be into the 60s, into the 70s. The concern is that the Cats have so many guys who go through the midfield as on ballers, like Blitzarves, Danger, Guthrie, Holmes, Bruin probably, uh, Parfits, um just to name a few. and uh, So, yeah, that's the worry with him. But, yeah, off those numbers alone, he could be, like, seven or so points value. His points per minute was, like, nearly as good as, like, Bailey Smith, Cherry, and Josh Kelly. Shout out to Mortz from DFS for that one. But, so, like, his scoring per minute over an extended period of time was in line with some of the best scorers in the game. So, that's pretty awesome to me. He's a really good tackler, and I think if he can start finding some marks this year, then, like, he could... He could be someone we start on the back line who, if he gets enough midfield time, like his tog was only 69%, which is what all the Cats mids do. But if for some reason that gets up to 80, then like, look out. He could average 100. I wish we had a one-minute timer for that. But uh, all yep. I'll say is, in theory, it's a good pick. Like, playing inside mid, he's priced at a price where he doesn't need to like blow the brains out of the water to to get near that capable level. Um, it's just like, it's the Tom Atkins factor. Like, sometimes the name is just more appealing. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> Who are um, your guys' biggest pods in your team then? Uh, for defence, for me, the one that's been the most time there has been Jordan Ridley. I uh, really liked what I saw on the weekend. Um, the only thing with him is it looks like the Bombers are going to share kickouts a little bit, so that's going to cap his ceiling. But he's definitely been freed up, and I think the way that they play, he's going to average like seven, eight, nine marks a game. Um, yeah, and I can see him going high, high 80s at least, and potentially he could go into the 90s and be one of the best picks of the year. Yeah, I don't really have pods. I'm kind of anti-pods as a strategy, especially as a starting team. Uh, yeah, I've probably got more of the mid-prices, especially in the midfield. Um, then most people, yeah, my structure's a bit different, but I don't think I have many pods to speak of. Yeah, I only start pod. I know starting pods is silly, uh, but I don't care at all about my rank, to be honest. I like giving advice and helping people do well, but draft is where I have more fun. So when I make my personal classic team, I just take the piss a bit, uh, which maybe I shouldn't say that publicly, but I don't, yeah, particularly care. Well, I, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here, but I think sometimes like people need to... I, I know we've got the E on this already, but some people need to get their head out of their ass and just play for fun for a bit. I mean, that's why we all started liking the game uh, yep. when we were younger or when we first got into it. So if someone wants to play that way, uh, don't sit on your high horse and be a gatekeeper because they don't want to pick bloody Dom Sheet or whoever it is. Yeah, yeah don't overthink great it. Call. Great call, yeah. People- too many people go too hard on the analysis of everything in this game. Yeah, you pick a guy, you pick a guy. Just, yeah, it is fun. Go with what you reckon and, and kick some goals. All right. Yeah. Nacho Keys. Good name. <laughs> is Jackson a viable R2 option? Why, why not? No, Jackson. he's a spud. Yeah. Okay, so we just said have have fun and stuff, but that's absolute madness. <laughs> he's going to, like, why would you pick a full forward? He's going to play full forward, like, 80% of the game. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah, you can pick whoever you want. I'm sure it will be fun, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, that's macho madness. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not touching Jackson. 
Uh, Alright. Ron's Dons. Jaden Hunt a chance to average 70. Good job security. Priced 100k more than a rook. Seems everyone forgot about him this preseason. I think we talked about Hunt a while ago on a podcast two or three back. Uh, yeah, he's a worthwhile option. He's on a watch list for me. Um, yeah, certainly might think about bringing him in if he if he goes well. Don't hate it. Did he say Jaden Hunt? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like like West Coast are going to have so many kick chips around in the back line that just by nature of playing there for a hundred percent of the game, he's going to have like six, seven, eight marks a game. Um, and yeah, because of that, like he probably will be enough value that he's worth it. And the difference between him and Constable, maybe Constable's a slightly better scorer and Hunt's like 60k more expensive, but uh, Hunt is not getting dropped. Yeah, Hunt's so. security is better. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I don't hate the pick. I won't be doing it myself. I think the thing that sort of makes me not want to pick him is the year that he sort of burst onto the scene and he was kicking torps from... 80 meters out he um i think he still averaged like 72 or something it wasn't like a a a super good average and while i think he'll he'll be good enough i I, if he's not going more than like 72 i can't really see the point all right ed galuccio can we pick will Brody and back him in to increase his time on ground third in the game for ppm last year 116 in the preseason off of 76% time on ground. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Brody talk recently. Uh, I don't mind it. It's one I wouldn't go do it myself. But yeah, it's it's a solid pick and I don't don't hate it at all. What's he priced at? 95. Hmm. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, like, I can't see picking Brody blowing up in your face. Like, even if he... He's not going to average less than 95, I don't think. So, it's not like you yeah. pick him and he... There's not too much risk there in my mind. Yeah, I think... Uh, I sort of sit two different ways on him. I think he's probably their third, maybe even their fourth mid uh, in terms of the pecking order. So, like, when the whips are cracking, I'm not completely confident he'll be in there. Um, and I think his time on ground will increase... A little bit. I think it was high 60s last year, but he's always been known for not having a good tank, so I wouldn't expect it to get to that 75% that he'd need to be like a, a top 8 sort of mid. Um, the other way that I sit on it is I see a lot of like like second in line, never getting tagged, averages 110 in him, like sort of like Jared Lyons did a few years ago and things like that. Um, I'm just not sure it'll be this year. Nice. All right, Mano, does it matter which Bulldogs mid you go with? And if so, how do you split Baz, McRae, and Bont and, and Libba? Uh, I think they're forgetting Trelaw as well, which um, Joe spoke about last week. I think he's a solid pod option if you were going to go one. Um, I, but, yeah, it'll be McRae and Bont for mine. Um, but, yeah, it is tricky. Yeah, I think you can start two. I think three is probably too many, but I think you can have two in your team. I don't think that is too many. Yeah. This is this is the way I'll break it down, or the way I feel about it anyway. So I think McRae is the safest. He's probably going to put a few points on his average. will be a captain option. Uh, you'll have safety in numbers, all those sorts of things. Baz Smith could do what Andy Brayshaw did last year and blow the game out of the water and be a top eight mid. And I think... Bond, I think he's about 27, if I'm correct. He's going to have a season, whether it's this one, the next one, or whenever it is, he's going to have a season where he separates himself from the the comp and he wins the Brownlow by bloody 10 votes or whatever it is. I just know he's got that in him. And if you pick him and that season is this season, like he could be anything. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, I lost my page. Two seconds. All right. Tom Menagle. Uh, I've probably butchered it there, mate, but I know Doe likes this question. Thoughts on Naziah Wanganine Miller. Bloody hell, it's too late. As a left-field breakout pick, his role change to the halfback flank looked very juicy in the preseason as he filled up all the stat lines. I have him pegged for an 80 to 85-plus average for the season. 
and guaranteed to get DPP in round six. Yeah, he's Bacon's boy. Yeah, Bacon loves him more than me, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've probably spent too much time talking, but if you think he can average 85, his price is 62, so he's a boon candidate. He like, And what we talked about with having fun and stuff, like um, if you own him and he comes off, like you'll have so much fun watching him because he's such a like good ball user and so fast and clean and stuff. Like he, He's not just going to get like 90 by getting shit possessions. He'll look really good doing it too. Did average 62 yeah, on the wing as a rookie. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really good scorer in the future. I will just say, with second-year breakouts, we know they're super rare, but they're like, they do happen. The only thing is, you don't see many second-year players that just go up to like an 80 or an 85. Uh, it's a, It always seems to be like a big step. Like, they either go to that 95, 100, or they sit at 60, 70 for a few years before they explode, so... Um, that's that's all I'll say on second year players. What do you guys reckon on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I gotta say, I missed the question on that one. Offer a doe. Uh, yeah, they. I think second year players are uh, they're very risky because there's so much like playing or like elite level footy at like such a young age is like tough on the body and we can be like a 25 point jump from a player so Wanganine Miller has a different role but uh like I guess my example with Juan Francis and why he could be risky he's gonna have a little bit more mid-time than he did at North but he's gonna have a pretty similar role to what he did and expecting like a 25 point jump from a like 20 year old in the same role that he had the year before is like a huge huge improvement um so yeah that's probably my thoughts there yeah all right last question here uh milney Sheeta m4 means i only have to field jinby cowan philippu and sheasel as forward and defender rookies uh brayshaw dunkley mccray m1 to three too risky Uh, I don't yeah. mind it, but you must be spending heaps of money elsewhere if you've got Sheeta M4 and you still have that many rookies. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little risky for mine. Quite bold, um, but a little risky. Yeah, I don't I don't hate any of those guys as picks individually. I just think going like two 110 guys and a 105 guy in your midfield is just not spending your cash wisely. Like... Sure, go one one ten guy that you want as a captain option, and you're happy to lock him away for the year. But if you're going too many of them, you sacrifice so much points and and rookies on field elsewhere that you end up actually hurting yourself in the long run. So, I'd look for more of the value premiums that you can, um, that you think can get up to the one hundred fives and the one tens that those guys are priced at. All right. I think that's everything, lads. Is there anything else we right. to touch on? Uh, no, I just want to say good luck to everyone. And we, I think we just have managed to keep this under an hour, so well done. Good stuff. Yeah. And everyone, look forward to watching Cashcroft on the weekend. It's going to be epic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah bold, luck, predictions post, bold predictions post will come out on Thursday. If you're a fan please engage with it because it is the most fun we have all year getting around yep. those. So yeah, get it, get yep. stuck in. How's the bold team going? Yeah. So I, I won't run you all through it. I've been posting it on Twitter. We will be doing the, um, the forwards tomorrow and then it'll be wrapped mm. up. Um, I will just say another reason to get involved on the bold predictions post, whoever gets the closest or gets the, um, bold prediction. Correct. will um, get to make the trades that week and if it's like a tie or whatever we might do it where we start a group chat and you make one trade each or whatever the go is but it'll be interesting to see where that team goes it's looking way too vanilla for my liking but um yeah maybe the trades will make it bolder and we can maybe we'll get a bold hat at the end of the year oh bold hat bold car bold Bold car car would be pretty cool what would be the boldest peace out everyone oh sorry oh pink (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, we're getting a pink eyelash. Yep. Go, cool. oh, I'll cut that out. See ya. See ya.